What is up, everybody? Welcome to another edition of Drive for Show DFS for Doe here on Roto Grinders. I am Justin Van Zuden, aka STL Cardinals 84. I've got Derek Farnsworth, aka Notorious, alongside me as well, coming off a really interesting week field at the uh, Bermuda Championship last week. But uh, Noto, I think you had the winner as an outright pick last week. So congrats on that. And uh, how are you doing? Yeah, thanks. Uh, it was nice to get that for sure. Uh, I was sweating Ben Griffin there um, at the end because the model loved him, and uh, I didn't bet him at 121, so I was a little nervous heading into Sunday. And it looked like Dietrich was kind of going to backdoor his way into a playoff, but uh, Power ended up birdie in 17. Had a hole to play with, uh, so yeah, nice to nice to get that one under the belt. And I don't know if you saw, but we had a 47-stroke difference between first and last place. Oh, I did not calculate it. 47, that's... That's a pretty big, and uh, now we're going to have to look and see, you know, what are the, uh, what's the average, what's the usual uh, dispersion between first and last, but uh, that one will be difficult to top outside of a completely random, you know, horrible showing, but uh, all right, 47 strokes as the clubhouse leader. Uh, we had a, you know, even though it was a weak field, you know, pretty good calls last week. Uh, uh, Patrick Rogers had the round of the day on Sunday, six under, uh, pushed him up into the top five. Good to see him playing well. Uh, we were kind of, I was joking around with, um, uh, I think it was Honda's tagging up Brian Gay, former champion. And he was in the mix there going into uh, Sunday also faded a bit, but still a pretty good week for him. If you played him as a punt, uh, but, uh, any other takeaways from last week's kind of iffy field tournament there for you? Uh, it's good to see Kevin, you up there. We talked about him a little bit last week. Justin Lower continues to play well. I didn't have any of him, but uh, yeah, he's just been crushing this swing season. And then I don't know if you saw, so the guy that took last, Kim Swan, um, he's like oh, 60, yes. 67 years old. He just got in because he had ties to the course. Um, <laughs> what do you think of these guys that just get into these fields? It's so weird. Man, you don't I mean, I'm okay in- with it for that tournament. Like last year, they couldn't even fill that tournament with alternates. <laughs> Guess, so, yeah. you know, I guess if I was the first alternate that didn't end up getting in, I'm probably singing a different tune, uh, but I don't, it doesn't bother me. I, I mean, with a tournament like that. Yeah, it's just weird. You don't see like a arena designer getting a random at bat in a baseball game or something. Uh, <laughs> just uh, it, it's interesting. I think he was the, at least at one point was the club pro there. Yeah, that's what I heard, too. Yeah. But, so. Uh, so maybe the it... uh, the batting coach or something. <laughs> I saw one site had a prop bet on him versus John Daly for oh, uh, easy for better score, and but but Daly was like minus five hundred, I think. Okay, um, he's not minus five hundred against too many people these days. But uh, Doug on it, I can't remember what book that was. Now I saw it before the show or after the show last week, and I uh, I didn't favorite it, but uh, can't find it now. Anyway. I think somebody might have tweeted it out over from the Action Network side. Uh, but, uh, yeah, okay, that explains the 47-stroke difference then because uh, uh, was it 47 or was it 47 strokes between first and the last that made the cut? No, uh, just his two rounds. So he his was two rounds. Okay. 28 over. Rough couple days for him, uh, but I'm sure he had a good time. Probably not great for whoever he was playing with, but uh, nonetheless – Another tournament down, and it was kind of a. Uh, I mean, it wasn't. It was a week where we cautioned against going super heavy. Obviously, there was no shot tracker. The weather was a concern, although uh, they really didn't have any issues getting in the four rounds. So, 
was there even a delay at all? I don't think so. I think they moved the, they might have moved the tee times up a little bit one of the days, but yeah, I don't think there was actually a delay at all uh, during the play. Played a lot easier the first two days. The course played really easy. The cut came in at six under par. Uh, played a little bit more challenging over the weekend, so you saw some bigger scores there on the weekend, but uh, it, just not a tournament that was mega exciting uh, from a you know a DFS perspective. Uh, certainly, you know a game changer for the guys that uh, finished inside the top ten. There got a you know shameless power getting a win. Uh, he's not uh, saying anything about it being an unexciting event, but. Uh, good for him, and a week that we can pretty easily uh, drift aside into the rearview mirror, mirror otherwise and move on to a new week. Uh, we've got the, uh, what is it, the Worldwide Technology at Mayakoba, I think it's called now. Um, I don't know. It's a, it, it's a tournament that's been around for quite a while. It's changed names a bunch. It was the OHL Classic for a while. That was a little easier to spit out than Worldwide Technology Championship, uh, but we'll just call it Mayakoba. Uh, El Chameleon Golf Club is the host course as usual for this event. So we've got some data to go off of for this one. Uh, what are we looking at for a course layout and a tournament setup this week? Yeah, a lot of course history to work with, although we don't have any shot link data. Uh, they've never driven the trucks down here. So hopefully they'll surprise us and we'll get some uh, shot tracker this week, but I highly doubt it. Uh, last five winners here, 23, 20, 22, and 19 under par. Another short par 71. Um, a little bit longer than last week, but still short by PJ Tour standards. So uh, I went back and through, looked through the last five leaderboards like I did last week and looked at the top 10 finishers. Here's how they rated out in terms of stats. So driving distance, the average was 32nd. Accuracy, 25th. Green regulation, 22nd. Putts per green regulation, 18th. And birdie or better, 10th. So uh, distance hasn't mattered all that much here. And that kind of goes with the past winners and Brendan Todd and Matt Kuchar. Uh, around the green hasn't mattered all that much because the greens here are very big. They're very easy to hit and scrambling success rate is pretty high. And that kind of matches with the past winner of Victor Hovland being one of the worst around the green on the PJ tour. So for me, keep it in play off the tee, hit good irons, make putts. And that is pretty much uh, all I am looking for this week. What about you? Yeah. The guys that struggle to chip obviously don't have too much of an issue here, which is uh, part of the reason why I'm sure Hovland likes it so much looking to three peat. Uh, we've already had, uh, by the way, a couple repeat winners this year. Max Homa won the Fortinet for the second straight year, and Rory won the CJ Cup, although it was at a different course. Uh, it'd be interesting to see if Hovland can give it a run at the three-peat. But yeah, ball striker, birdie maker type course. Uh, guys that are going to give themselves plenty of birdie looks, maybe get hot with the putter, uh, are the guys you want to target this week. Um I think I went back nine years in the winning score. I've been at least 17 under, 16 or 17 under every time. So uh, it's not going to be a course that's going to be mega challenging. You're going to see birdies. You're probably going to have to get six of six through the cut in order to have a good shot to finish near the top of the GPPs uh, with the scoring being relatively easy here this week. So we've got another 132 golfer field. Again, these are a little shorter than you know the, maybe 144, 156 that you see sometimes in these full field events. Uh, just we're getting into the time of year where daylight hours are pretty limited. It gets dark pretty early um, in most places. So it's just tougher to, uh, they got a little bit more daylight down uh, a little further south, but uh, just tough to get a full like 156 golfer field and probably tough to fill that at this time in the calendar schedule. But ball strikers, birdie makers, 
don't hesitate to target some guys who can maybe just get hot with the flat stick uh, because everyone's probably going to have plenty of birdie looks this week. So uh, anything else in general before we dig in? Uh, this is the course with the famous uh, bunker that has the cave in it. So uh, that's kind of cool. And uh, yeah, unique layout. You get some of the course that goes like through the jungle. Some of it's out by the water. Uh, you don't want to be too errant off the tee because there are a lot of penalty strokes here. So, yeah, just keep it in play off the tee. And like you mentioned, ball strikers, birdie makers, good putters. All right, let's go ahead and dig in. We actually have a healthy amount of golfers above 10K on DraftKings this week. We have six. Uh, Scheffler, Hovland, Morikawa, Finau, Wise, and Billy Horschel. And right now uh, we have uh, – and I think – no, no, I maybe have some slightly different takes this week, so this will be interesting, but – uh, 12% to 20% ownership projected on all of these guys. Um, and, you know, I'll start at the bottom of the range. I know you like him, and I know he's good on this course, but it's going to be a cold, cold day before I roster a 20% owned Billy Horschel, so that is not happening. I look forward to Billy Horschel ruining my week. I'm sure it's going to happen. Uh, but uh, no Billy Horschel at 20% ownership for me. I know maybe when when you first looked at it, you kind of assumed he might have some lower ownership uh, based on uh, the content I looked at this morning. But uh, does that change your stance on how you want to handle the course horse, uh, the non-Hovland course horse in Billy Horschel? And then we'll talk about these other guys. Well, it's funny. I was uh, ready to come on here and say, uh, be ready for a Billy Horschel win. Prep yourselves. Uh, it's going <laughs> to happen this week. I don't know why. Uh, I know that, but it's going to happen. So I can't fade the winner, even if he's going to be 20% owned. And I do think that number is going to come down. Uh, so many big names right above him. I just have a hard time seeing him be more than Wise, more than Hovland, more than Finau. So I, I don't I'll know if people see, get sucked in by that course history. I know, but Hovland's won here twice. Wise has been great here. Scheffler's been good here. Everyone up here except for Morikawa has good course history. Well, in any case, I don't like Horschel, so I'm using that as an excuse not to play him. I'm sure he will luck box his way into some chip-ins and some 40-foot putts, and it's just going to happen. But um, He's playing you know, well. He is. I, no, hey, I, I'm going to take the, the, the fall so that everyone else can enjoy uh, the winnings. But, uh, yeah, I think Morikawa is somewhat interesting, uh, but hard to go away from Hoblin. Obviously, he's won here two years in a row. His form's gotten a little better. Uh, I don't know. I just like these other guys overall in terms of talent perspective. Um, I, I probably will play all of the others before I play Horschel. But again, I'm fully prepared. Like you said, I'm prepared for it to doom me. So uh, we'll we'll go in knowing that that's probably going to happen. Yeah. One other thing we should mention last week, we talked about the balanced approach just seemed better because the 10 gay guys weren't normally 10 K guys. There was a lot of golfers that we didn't love. Obviously, Seamus Power ended up playing well, but uh, he was really the only one you know, up there that played great. This week, we have a ton of star power up there, so uh, I am definitely prioritizing stars and scrubs myself. What about you? Yeah, I agree. I think this is a week there's enough value down in the 7K range, and these top guys, you know, once we get down in the 9Ks, there is a pretty distinct drop-off in talent level between, say, the top six or seven and then the next tier. Uh, so that the stars and scrubs build, maybe get you can you get you know two of these guys maybe above 10k uh, does seem to work this week and the the original kind of lineups I've messed around with I, I think 
that does have more appeal um, on a lineup building perspective than the balanced approach. If you're going deep, you know, 20, 30, 40 entries in some GPPs, sure, you can do some balanced lineups. But single entry, cash games, things of that nature, I do think that uh, maybe going with two of these 10K plus guys uh, makes some sense. You know, if you're into Horschel and Finau together, I mean, if you put uh, if you put Finau and Horschel together in a lineup, not saying that it has to be those two guys. Obviously, I'm not playing Horschel. But if you put Finau and Horschel together, you still have 7,400 on average for your last four spots, which is definitely doable this week. Uh, and so that's why I think that kind of build does make sense. So Noto likes Horschel a lot. I am off of him fully understanding that there's some bias in there. Um, but uh, what are your thoughts on, say, if you had to pick a couple other favorites in this top tier? So definitely going back to Victor Hovland. He's been playing much better recently. He's had a lot of quality finishes worldwide, and he's been playing a lot of golf this fall. So I do like that. Obviously, this course suits him well with back-to-back wins. Uh, I don't know. I don't think we have to worry about the media obligations and all that. Um, we've seen a couple yeah, guys he did win. did that last year and yeah, did just we, fine. Yeah, we've seen a couple guys win that tournament three years in a row, so maybe he can add his name to that list. I also like Aaron Wise. He's been a great ball striker for years and years. And last year, well, I guess this year, last season, he turned into a great putter. Uh, He's really the only weakness he has is around the green. and That's negated here. He has a good course history, three top 15s in his last four years. So those would be my three that I like, but certainly no issue with Finau. I just don't have a strong take on Scheffler right now. He's not been putting well. Anytime he makes a big run, he kind of just, you know, makes a big number. And I don't want to pay 11-4 for him at the moment. No, I kind of am with you on that. Uh, I think just that that salary and the fact that there's so many other options, you know, if you take away that stretch where he was just unbeatable, uh, very, uh, I don't know if pedestrian is the right word. That maybe is a little too harsh still. If you look at his stats, he's still really solid. But um, not necessarily the guy that's obviously the top uh, class of a field uh, with at least, you know, some strong names like we've got here this week. Now, if it was last week, a little bit different, but I think you've got enough other players here uh, that, that you can easily pivot down to that are a little bit cheaper, helps to fit in maybe a second top-end guy. Um, you know, he's still second in the field in ball striking last 36 rounds, but Vino is first. Um, I'd probably play him over him. Obviously, Hovland with the course history. Wise, you mentioned, putting it better or a lot better. And then, you know, everyone can be left to their own devices as to how they want to approach Horschel. But um, interesting options in the 10K and above range. And nobody that's just a glaring, you know, you can't play this guy. Or you have to play this guy because there's so many options that uh, that's why the ownership, I think, is getting spread around a little bit. So, and then, as I mentioned, clearly uh, a step ahead of this next group. Um rookies do tend to struggle here a little bit so you got montgomery in 9600 i'm largely off the rookies this week but i do think montgomery is kind of you know he's in a class of his own i mean his 26 pga tour rounds he's fourth off the tee second in short game uh first in putting so if you i mean he is absolutely a guy that's been getting hot with the putter full of confidence uh fantastic all four of his starts here during the fall swing so montgomery is the one rookie i'll probably look at this week uh, and I do like him in GPPs, but other than that, I'll be a little cautious with the rookies here. Uh, but you got Hoagie and McNeely and last week's winner and Power and, J- and Jason Day, who's been playing better, uh, but still a step down from what we see with the 10Ks. So 
Uh, what are your thoughts on the 9K range here? I do agree with you on the first-timers tend to struggle here a little bit. I mean, we even saw Hovland miss the cut here in his first two tries before winning twice. So uh, I'm right there with you. But Taylor Montgomery, just a cheat code on the greens. Uh, in his last four starts, plus 11, plus 6, plus 5, plus 5 uh, strokes putting. If you look at his numbers, uh, he's played 18 events since the start of uh, February. A lot of those on the Corn Ferry Tour. 14 top 15 finishes. It's just wild, the run that he's been on. So I might have to go uh, with a little bit of him in tournaments. Won't be going back to Seamus Power. Won't be paying 9200 for Jason Day, even though I always root for him. I do like uh, Tom Hoagie quite a bit. So he's a guy that's been in really good form. Top 15 in five straight events. Uh, he's played here a bunch. If you look at his numbers, uh, approach 18 plus 18 over the last five events. Uh, and on the greens, he's gained 13 strokes putting in his last five events. So a guy that's getting hot at the perfect time. And then at the very bottom of the range, I like Brendan Todd. He's going to be in the fairway. He's going to putt it well. And the last time we saw him, he gained seven strokes on approach. So I just need a decent round, uh, decent four rounds from him with the irons. And I think uh, he's going to have a good week. Yeah, I do like him this week as well in first, eighth, and 11th here the last three years. Uh, the other guy you mentioned uh, earlier, um, you know, guys that like Wise that have turned into good putters, Emiliano Grillo has turned into an average putter, which is better than dead last <laughs> in putting. putting. And, uh, and I've kind of faded him for this whole, like, I don't know, it's probably a year now, just waiting for that putter to just regress. And I think... I finally come to the realization that I probably just need to accept that he's okay. He's not great, not top, not Montgomery-like, but he's good good enough uh, given the rest of his game with the putter. Uh, and he, we know he's going to give himself plenty of birdie looks. Did miss the cut here last year, but before that, 8th, uh, 41st, 15th, and 9th. So uh, three top 15s the prior four years. Pretty good course history there. He'll be fairly popular, but uh, just time for me, I think, to at least – uh, start buying in a little bit like him in GPPs. Uh, I think your Todd call is pretty spot on as well. I like Montgomery. The rest of the range is probably a, a hit or miss for me. McNeely has pretty good course history too, but the stats these days just aren't popping much uh, with him. His ball striking has been terrible. So I think I'm off of McNeely this week. Anything else on the nine case? I like the Grillo call. I did bet him outright this week. And I was talking with uh, PJ Splits about his putting. Uh, he's a guy that used to be on the show with us. And he was saying that he switched over to the claw grip uh, right around the time he started gaining all these strokes putting. So maybe there is something sticky uh, to the putting and his new grip. There you go. Uh, it certainly hasn't hurt for sure. So, uh, yeah, it's uh, good to see him at least uh, getting more consistent on the greens. Um, Greg in the YouTube chat wants to know, and, and if you're watching us on YouTube, hit that thumbs up button. We do appreciate that. We know a lot of, uh, a lot of people might watch us on playback, hit the thumbs up button. Then too, if you're watching us on playback, we are doing our live stream just a little bit earlier this week. I uh, had to flip around our schedule a little bit with, uh, with some NFL shows. So, uh, no worries though. You can always watch this anytime up until golf locks on Thursday morning, but uh, Greg in the YouTube chat wants to know how you can play Todd over your boy, Brian Harmon. No, has got a little thing for Brendan Todd too. It, he's been pretty consistent liking Todd over the last year or so. So, uh, you know, I can see that being kind of a dead heat, but, uh, maybe you can just play them both. Right. Is that the answer? Yeah, you can play both. Uh, the model says to play Harmon. Uh, my, my heart says to play Todd. Um, the thing for me, 
Harmon just hasn't been very good here. I don't know what it's been. Uh, he's made five of seven cuts, but his best finish is a T30. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. I like Harmon anytime you get him on a shorter course, but uh, I'm going with the course history. Truther and uh, Brendan Todd. All right. Uh, yeah, I don't have a strong take on Harmon either. I think he's fine. Doesn't really fit the – and this is kind of the deal with this next range, right? These guys don't fit the Stars and Scrubs build. Um as easily as uh, kind of some of the, the top end guys do. And well, and actually while we're doing this, let me uh, maybe Devin, our producer will let me take, I'll, I'll take over the screen share and kind of go um, show you guys what I'm talking about here as we go. Um, all right. So if I go to a sample, if we just go to do uh, a balanced build this week, you could go with uh, somebody like Harmon, Dietrich, Henley, Kucher, you know, and you got seventy nine fifty for your last two spots. But your most expensive guy in a balanced build is Brian Harmon or or Dietrich at in you know in the eight Ks. So those four golfers, Harmon, Dietrich, Henley, Kucher. Uh, leave you with seventy nine fifty for your last two spots, uh, which I don't know just doesn't seem all that appealing. And instead, if you start with say Finau and Wise, and then you go down to a couple of the seven K guys that maybe we like, and we'll talk about some of them we we like here in a little bit. But say I throw two seventy five hundred dollar guys in there you know i've got seventy two hundred for my last two spots and you're basically at the same type of golfer and instead of starting with brian Harmon and Dietrich, you're starting with tony finau and aaron wise so uh it just goes to show that that the, the more the more popular approach this week is going to be that stars and scrubs build and what that does is it leaves this 8k range in kind of a no man's land to where it's not as though I dislike a lot of these guys. I just don't like the way they fit into builds quite as much. Um, do you have any strong leans on these 8K players? I mean, I'm finding that I might only have, you know, one or two of them in my player pool. Yeah, I agree with you 100%. I'm not uh, itching to get any of these guys into my lineups. I like Dietrich uh, from my guy above 8,500. I think he's interesting. He's been playing really well. Obviously, nearly won last week. And then at the very bottom, I do like Kucher quite a bit. I think he's one of the safer options on the board. For the longest time, uh, I've kind of called his finishes smoke and mirrors just because the last couple of years, his ball striking has been so bad. But he's gained 10 strokes ball striking in his last two events in the swing season. And he loves this place. First, 14th, 22nd here uh, over the last four years. So I do like Kucher. I think you can definitely fit him in builds pretty easily. But everyone else, uh, the model likes Henley. I don't love Henley. That's about it for me. Yeah, I think KH Lee is okay, uh, but he's also going to be the most popular of the group. Um, you know, I think Henley's okay, but nobody that I'm rushing out to roster uh, from this tier. And uh, I, I don't feel like super concerned about, okay, I think this guy is going to kill me because I didn't play him. I think you go down in the 7Ks, fill out those stars and scrubs builds a little bit better. And then, uh, you know, that's kind of where you land. Uh, if you, you know, maybe you fit one of these guys in here, or maybe this build becomes super contrarian, but uh, just don't see as much win equity with this group 
uh, compared to, to what we see in the top of the field. So uh, we've got some ownership on Putnam as well. It looks like he grades out okay in our projections, but anything else on these guys that uh, we need to pass along? Uh, no, I don't think so. All right, let's go ahead and move down into the 7Ks. I was kind of surprised to see pretty low ownership on Patrick Rogers. Um, I, I don't often love targeting Rogers on courses that take the driver out of your hands a little bit because that sometimes is his biggest weapon, but it also makes him a little inconsistent. Um, but he tends to play well here. He's got three top 20s on his resume here, and he has shown progressively better results as the fall swing has gone along, including that sparkling Sunday round last week. And I always like the guy that has a sparkling Sunday round heading into the new week with some confidence, some energy and, uh, and in a place where he's played fairly well in the past at times. So I do like Rogers at 10% ownership in GPPs. Uh, you are sometimes the Patrick Rogers whisperer. So your thoughts on him and then you can kind of go down into the seven K's a little bit. I feel like I parted ways with Rogers. I don't know what happened. Uh, I just haven't been there for his good finishes. So maybe it's a, it's a me issue, not a Rogers issue. <laughs> um, but yeah, he's playing great. So no issue with that one. Uh, Aaron Rye, correct me if I'm wrong, but he was like 10K last week, wasn't he? Yeah, he was. And But that was made... a more an indictment of last week than it is. Yeah, but I mean, like <laughs> Seamus was up there and he's like 9,400 and a couple other guys that were expensive. Dietrich was, it was up there and he's, no high eights. So I think we're getting a nice discount on Aaron Rye. I don't think uh, it's a bad course fit for him by any means. He's really good on approach. He's good with his butter. Finished T15 here last last year. So uh, I'll go back to him. And his T54, it wasn't great, but he got off to a really slow start, battled back to make the cut. So uh, I do like him. And uh, tournament play, I like Harris English quite a bit. Uh, he has been all over the map the last couple of years. He's been dealing with a bunch of injuries, but – Last two events, he's gained on approach and he's gained with the putter. And he's won here before. He finished fifth here in 2019, fifth here in 2020. And, yeah, I remember rostering him in the draft street days at this <laughs> event. And, uh, yeah, 2013 is when he won. So, been playing DFS for far too long. We're old. We're old. Yeah. That's just dated us. Uh, we've been doing this far too long. But, uh, yeah, he's, uh, he's, he's a grizzled veteran at this point, just like we are uh, with DFS. So, um these are the guys I think that could be difference makers in a GPP this week. You get one of these guys that finishes sixth or eighth or, you know, top 10 and uh, the ownership kind of spread out. Those can be the guys that help differentiate your lineups. Uh, we've seen, you know, Robbie Shelton has shown some life. Uh, Justin Lower has been playing really well on the greens. And again, hot putter um, four for four, making the cut, I believe in the fall swing. He's got a little bit more ownership than I expected, but, uh, a guy that I think has some potential at that salary. You mentioned Rye uh, with a relative, what seems like a discounted price compared to some of the others from last week. Um, you know, Lee Hodges, JT Post, and Adam Long. Like, we've seen these guys post solid finishes. Uh, and they're all more expensive than Justin Rose, who's back this week and uh, all the way down to uh, to 7300 So we'll be interesting to see how he plays. But, um, you know, Poston, a long... Uh, Robbie Shelton, Rose, Grayson Sig. We've got some ownership on. You got a favorite or two out of this kind of mid mid seven k range. Yeah, a lot of interesting names. I think Rose probably for tournaments probably has more upside than the guys around him. Probably has a lower floor as well, so I wouldn't use him in a cash game build. But 
You mentioned uh, Adam Long, second, third, and 22nd here the last three years. He tends to play the same course as well each year. And then this feels like a perfect Chris Kirk course. You know, he's a good total driver of the ball, really good short game. He just hasn't been great here, but he has made his last four cuts. So I'll play a little bit of Kirk. And then uh, I like Svensson as well. Uh, can get really hot with the irons. He's 7,100. Doesn't look like ownership's going to be there uh, at 4%. I think he's interesting. Yeah, I'm always kind of a Svensson, uh, Svensson stan, if you will. And at 7,100, I am on board with that call this week as well. Um, Kevin Streelman's a guy that's shown some better results lately. Uh, you mentioned Kirk. I mean, all these guys are really at 5, 4, 5%. Uh, Will Gordon has made all of his all four of his cuts on the fall swing. Gordon's had kind of a reputation for being a volatile guy, uh, but he's got like four finishes between like 30th and 50th on the fall swing. <laughs> so uh, at least he's getting paychecks, but uh, maybe developing a little bit of that consistency. And he's, you know, he's 7K, a uh, talented guy. I don't mind uh, going to him. If you're looking for stats, um, over the last, uh, so a couple of the guys that I mentioned in here, over the last 36 rounds, Svensson is 10th in this field on approach. Uh, Streelman is 20th. Uh, Austin Smotherman is 38th and 21st off the tee, 26th in ball striking. His putter has just been terrible. Um, Gordon is 27th off the tee, 45th in ball striking. So uh, those are some guys at least that grade out above average statistically. Uh, if you're looking at the approach game, uh, some of them a little bit hit or miss with the short game, but I mean, you're not going to find somebody at this range, like 7,200 and below that checks all the boxes. Uh, the one guy maybe that has been playing well in might check most of those boxes is Ben Griffin, uh, who you mentioned uh, you were kind of sweating out a little bit last week, but uh, I, I don't know if some of this is recency bias or if it just at 6,800, uh, given the way he's been playing, I mean, that feels a bit cheap. Yeah, it feels really cheap. Um, I mean, just look at his numbers. Granted, very small sample size, but uh, he's been on fire with the irons. Uh, he gained over six at the Sanderson, gained three at the Shriners, gained four at the Wyndham. Last week he was third. We don't have shot link data, but I would have to imagine he gained on approach. Uh, he just fell apart there on the back. That happens a lot to guys that get into contention for the first time. Yeah. So I'll go back to Griffin. Don't mind that. I'll go back to Kevin Yu, who played well last week, also finished in the tie for third. Another guy that's uh, been in really good form, some good stats as well. And then after that, I don't mind going back to Ben Taylor. Played him a little bit last week. He's only 6,400. Uh, he's played here twice, which is, uh, you know, a feather in his cap. If we do want guys that, uh, you know, have seen this course before. Callum Tarrant, after burning a lot of the field last week, he was in the mid-eights. Now he's only 6,700. Don't mind going back to that. And Ryan Palmer rates out well for me, but... I, Boy, we haven't I heard from him in a long time. Long time. I don't know. Maybe just the overall talent in the long term is helping him out. But, yeah, T27 here last year. I mean, it just feels like he has disappeared. I, I can't remember the last time... I got to go look at his profile and see. I just don't remember the last time we even talked about him. 45th at the CJ Cup. Missed the cut at the Shriners. Um, yeah, I mean, his results aren't horrible. He is 20th at the St. Jude, 31st at the 3M, 16th at the Scottish Open. So it's not like I expected, given the fact that we haven't talked about him that much, that he'd have like 
seven missed cuts in a row or something like that. But Although our yeah. general rule with Palmer is to not play him on courses with water. <laughs> That's the only time we got. That's the only time we get, we bring him up. <laughs> uh, maybe that's why we haven't seen a lot of water courses lately. But uh, yeah, he'll be. You want to cut line sweat? There you go. At least he's uh, sixty nine hundred as opposed to eight uh, k or something like that. But uh, you know, I don't mind sprinkling some of these guys uh, that potentially showcase some upside. Um, looks like our projections, just in terms of point per dollar projections, like David Lipsky a good bit. Uh, Hondizel, I made fun of him for tagging Brian Gay last week and he got it right. So it uh, looks like he's got Tyler Duncan uh, tagged as the punt du jour this week. Uh, five of five making the cut at this event. So uh, if you want to go with the uh, siding with Hondizel, he's had some good calls lately. Uh, we've got Tyler Duncan at 6,500. Not a whole lot of under 7K, but plenty of options in that 7K range and kind of right below it. You know, somebody like uh, CT Pan or something like that doesn't grade out horribly either. So anybody else in particular that you're looking at or that the model likes as a uh, total punt this week? Not really. Greg in the chat said uh, he can't play Jaeger this week, so he's got to play EVR. <laughs> I certainly understand that. I've had a Jaeger problem lately. and uh, <laughs> We need anymore. to call AA for you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, it hasn't worked out well. And, uh, yeah, uh, that's kind of funny. Uh, didn't even didn't even try to do that, but uh, yeah. So maybe we go to EVR. Um, he's another one of those guys that loves to burn your lineups. His stats. Uh, I was when I was scrolling through the stats. Uh, let's see, those thirty six round stats I had pulled up. Eighth in this field in strokes gained approach and one hundred and fourteenth in short game. So uh, it's mainly around the green has been terrible. So if you're uh, subscribing to that, not mattering, uh, maybe give him a little bump. There we go. Although he rates out as one of the worst value plays in the model. So <laughs> Scrap <not>. that then. <laughs> well, it's an interesting week. I think uh, we've got ownership kind of spread around. Um, you know, nobody that's mega, mega chalk. Like right now, um, if we sort the field by projected ownership, we don't have anybody above 21%. Uh, but we've got, let's see, 3, 6, 9, 12, 18, about... 30 guys in double digits, but nobody over 21%. So it could be a nice week where I don't think there's going to be, you know, glaring chalk of this guy's going to be 50%. This guy's going to be 60%, uh, 40%, you know, even in, in smaller field stuff, I think you're going to see a pretty good dispersion of ownership this week. So really a week where you can kind of play the guys you like and then build your rosters from there. Uh, for me though, the one chalk guy that I will fade out of principle is Horschel. As we mentioned at the beginning of the show, We'll see if Hovland can go for a three-peat uh, at this tournament. Uh, and again, probably no shot tracker data, probably horrible TV coverage. But uh, I ranted about that last week, so I got to wait a few weeks before I, I go on about that again. Anything else from your side before we get out of here? Not really. Uh, we're winding down toward the end of the year. So a couple more events. We got three more after this and then a nice little break. Uh, it's either three or two, but I will let you know in about uh, 20 seconds here as I have the schedule pulled up. Uh, so, yes, it is uh, Houston Open next week and then the RSM Classic and then the winter break. Unless you want to queue up the Hero World Challenge and count that as an event. But... Uh, that is kind of a like a 18 golfer field there, a little exhibition in December. But Houston Open, RSM Classic, the next two weeks uh, will round us out before the winter break. And, uh, yeah, so we'll be back next week to talk 
uh, about the Houston Open. We'll see what kind of field we get for that event. Uh, and we'll have a new champion So uh, for the Houston Open because we'll have a new champion for the next two events because the two defending champions of the next two events have both moved to the Live Tour. So uh, we'll see how that goes. No defending champions the next couple of weeks, guaranteed. Put it in the book. All right. Uh, well, thanks, everyone, for joining us. We'll go ahead and get out of here. Uh, thanks to Noto for hosting alongside me. Thanks to Devin for producing hard behind the scenes for us. I am Justin. Enjoy the rest of your week, everybody. And good luck with your golf lineups. Uh, make sure you hit that like button on your way out. And have a great week, everyone. Take care.